Good to see you this morning. Happy Easter. Um, I don't know if you've uh, heard the one about St. Peter standing at the pearly gates of heaven. By the way, this isn't what we believe about heaven. But anyway, uh, just go with it. St. Peter at the pearly gates of heaven and three guys turn up. who've just died. And uh, he wants to just find out what was really important to them in their lives. So uh, he says to them, uh, you know, what do you hope people will be saying about you at your funeral? Well, the first one says, well, I hope at my funeral they're going to be saying, you know, what a, a lovely, caring, faithful husband and father I was. And the second one says, well, I hope at my funeral they're going to be saying, what a, a committed, hardworking, trustworthy worker I was in my company. And the third one says, well, I hope at my funeral they're going to be saying, look, he's moving. But it, it's funny, isn't it? Because it doesn't happen. It, it, it doesn't happen, does it? People start moving at, at funerals. People come back to life. Um, because it would be absolutely incredible and uh, amazing if it did, particularly after sort of they're properly dead for several days and then they come back to life. But that is at the heart of the Christian faith, isn't it? That's what we've been singing about. That's what we keep talking about This morning, Jesus dying on the third day, coming back to life. And if you're a Christian, it's so easy to get over-familiar with it. We want to just remember again uh, just how amazing it is, how life-changing it is, how it's changed our lives. If you're here as someone who's not a Christian or you're not sure what you are or you're just exploring things, um, I guess the, the resurrection of Jesus can be a bit of a sticking point. It's one of these kind of impossible things that Christians seem to believe Well, I hope that this talk this morning just kind of helps you a little bit uh, with that as well. Maybe you think that Christians are those kind of people who will just sort of believe anything, really. Maybe you think that back in the day when the Bible was written and the New Testament was written and the first Easter happened, the people back in those days, they believed anything too. And that's how the kind of story of, of Easter took off. But we're going to look at a bit from the Bible this morning, not just a bit from the Bible in a sense, but actually an account from that very first Easter written, uh, you know, based on the information of people who are actually there, eyewitnesses from Luke's gospel. Luke was a real person, and you can read at the beginning of Luke's gospel in the Bible that actually he set out to write his gospel so that people would be able to be sure, have certainty about what they believe and what they've been told about Jesus And the difference that he makes. So we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 24 verses 1 to 12. The words will come up on the screen. On the first day of the week. By the way, Rich did nick a bit of this earlier. uh, Without my permission. But uh, never mind. It's good. It's it's such a good bit of the Bible. It's good to hear it twice. Um, on On the first day of the week. Very early in the morning. The women took the spices they had prepared. And went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. 
The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. First thing we see is that the resurrection was unexpected. It was totally unexpected, even to the people back then. You can read about this group of women who went to the tomb uh, where Jesus' dead dead body had been laid, um, sort of cave type thing, and uh, read about their names, Mary Magdalene and Joanna and, and another Mary. And Luke, the gospel writer, he makes it clear they weren't going there to sort of wake Jesus up for his Easter breakfast or take him his Easter egg. Um, they weren't going to the tomb to check, you know, I, 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 just, just check it's really worked. I, I, I was pretty sure that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. And let's just check that he's, either he's there or not. No, they, they went there, we're told, to, to take spices that they prepared to put on Jesus' body. It was part of the, the process, embalming the body, stopping it from uh, decaying making it last as long as possible. You didn't put spices on people who were alive. Just like the undertakers don't turn up these days to deal with people who are alive. They were expecting to find Jesus' dead body. In fact, if you look back a few verses into chapter 23, you read how the women, they followed Joseph of Arimathea who had taken Jesus' body and they put it in his tomb. They'd seen They'd seen Jesus die. They'd seen him put in this tomb. By the way, some people think, well, maybe they got the wrong tomb. No, these women, they knew what they were doing. They knew where they were going. They'd seen where Jesus had been laid. And they came on the Jewish, uh, after the Jewish Sabbath was over to anoint the body. But when they got there, it, was just, it just wasn't what they were expecting at all. Verse 2 says, They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. The large stone which would have covered the entrance to the tomb was was rolled away. Um, In Mark's gospel, we read that actually they were wondering kind of on the way there, you know, how are we going to shift this great big stone out of the way to to get through to Jesus' body? And and, and there it is that the stone's rolled away and Jesus' body has gone and, and they're wondering, they're puzzled. They think, what's, what's going on? Something strange has happened, something unexpected. And maybe that's helpful to you if you're skeptical about the resurrection of Jesus. Or you know people who are skeptical and you're trying to, to chat to them about it. You know, you, you can't believe that, that Jesus rose again from the dead because it's just impossible. These things don't happen. Well, the people that Luke is telling us about, they were just like you. They didn't believe dead people rise from the dead because normally they don't. Maybe you might think that Christians are a bit like, um, no disrespect here, but um, the people who believe Elvis are still 
it's still alive. You know, like they so, they so love Elvis. They just, they just want to believe that he's still alive. They've convinced themselves. You know, we see in Luke's gospel here that the first witnesses, they, they were skeptical. They didn't believe it. They were puzzled. They weren't expecting it. And maybe that's an encouragement to you. If you're, you're skeptical, you think this, is, this, is, this can't be true. Believing in the resurrection of Jesus is not something, doesn't it involve closing your eyes to reality and just hoping it's true, despite lack of evidence? Maybe you think that's what Christians do. No, actually it involves opening your eyes to the evidence that convinced those people who witnessed it in the first place. Those first disciples who were there, who reported what happened, many, many of them, not just one person. People who were even prepared to die for this belief that Jesus was risen from the dead. They were so convinced of it because of the evidence. So the resurrection was unexpected. Luke also shows us that the resurrection was essential. It was essential. That's what the women were told that first Easter Sunday. They were told they should have expected it. It had to happen. It was so important. Verse 4, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. So while the women are still wondering what's gone on, messengers turn up. Men in gleaming clothes. Not from the uh, aerial washing powder adverts. Uh, they were angels, we're told. Now you might think, hang on a second. Another unbelievable thing about Easter. Angels, again, another nonsense thing. I suppose often what we say at King's is this, that of course if you don't believe in, in God, of course all these miracles and stuff, of course they didn't happen. But actually, if you just sort of go along for it, let's just imagine for a second that God is real and that Jesus was the Son of God. It is kind of logical to think that actually some rather amazing things, even impossible things, might happen surrounding the most important events that was going on with God's plan for the world and sending Jesus. And these angels, they say to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead. It's a bit like the, the, the guy who he saw in a shop window this sign. It said, suits, five pounds, trousers, two pound fifty. He thought, Whoa, um, there's a bit of a bargain to be had here. I'm going to go in, I'm going to buy a load and sell them on eBay and make a load of money. So he went in the shop and he said, right, I'll, I'll have 50 suits and 100 pairs of trousers, please. And uh, the woman in the shop said, no, I'm sorry, I can't sell you those. He said, why not? She said, you're in a dry cleaners. <laughs> he was looking in the wrong place. He was looking in the wrong place. And on that first Easter, the women were told, you're looking for Jesus in the wrong place. He's not here. He's risen. And the, the women, they're kind of being told off really by these angels for thinking that Jesus' body would be in the tomb. Because Jesus had said, it's essential. The resurrection is essential. It's not only going to happen, it has to happen. 
they, they said to the, the women, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, and these are Jesus' words, the son of man, that's the way Jesus talked about himself, must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Jesus had said that his death and resurrection, they weren't just, it wasn't like the plan going wrong, even the resurrection, it wasn't like, oh, God's got to sort of pull, it, pull things round again because everything's gone wrong. I didn't expect Jesus to die. No, it was all essential. It was part of the plan. This is the way that Jesus talked about things that had to happen because Jesus came on a rescue mission and there were things that had to happen in his mission for it to be a success. He came on a rescue mission to reconnect us with God. He came on a rescue mission to, to overcome all those the barriers that we put up between ourselves and God through all the, the wrong things we've done, the, the way we've treated other people, the way we've ignored God and lived life as if he's not in existence, enjoyed all the good things in his world, but lived life without him. But Jesus, he died on the cross to take all the punishment for all the wrong things we've done, to clear the barrier, as it were, and he rose again to new life to offer us a new life reconnected with God, living the life that we were always meant for, life to the full in a right relationship with God. And if we believe and trust in Jesus, we get the benefits of Jesus' death and resurrection. Peace with God. We can know what it is to be totally forgiven from everything we've done wrong. Nothing to fear for the future from what we've done. Purpose from God. Having that sense of being on an adventure with God in life. Seeing the things done in the world that he wants done. Loving and serving others. Loving and serving God. The presence of God with us through the ups and downs of life. When life is tough, we can know God is with us. The power of God to overcome difficulties and to help us along the way and do the things he wants us to do. We were just hearing the other week from Ephesians about the the power that raised Jesus from the dead, we're told, is at work within us if we're Christians. And there's that future hope as well of, of life that, uh, uh, connected with God that doesn't just begins now, but it goes on forever. And one day it will, it will transport us into a wonderful new existence with a resurrection, perfect body like Jesus in a wonderful renewed heavens and earth. And it's all because of the resurrection of Jesus. And it's, it's proved by the resurrection of Jesus. Where's the proof that all of this is going to happen? It's because Jesus rose from the dead. As anyone can go around saying, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to get killed and it's going to, it's going to connect people with God. And then they get killed and you think, what a nutter. It's not true. It, It doesn't prove anything apart from the fact that they were just deluded, had some funny ideas. But the resurrection is essential because it it, it proves things. It proves that what Jesus said, his words, were true. Proved that he really was the son of God. Proved that his rescue mission had worked. It proved that God had accepted Jesus' sacrifice for our sins. Imagine you you took me out for a meal in a restaurant. It's an idea, isn't it? Um, (laughs) And when... uh, when we'd finished, uh, because you'd taken me out for a meal and said you'd pay for it, um, uh, 
you're sort of like uh, searching your pockets and your bag. Oh no, I've forgotten my, I've forgotten my card. I've forgotten my money. And I'm like, yeah, thanks for that. But um, and I haven't got any money with this mail because I was just, you know, relying on your generosity. And um, I feel, look, there's nothing for it, nothing else for it. I go and have a word with the manager, and the manager agrees. Okay, I'm going I'm to wash up for the rest of the evening. Uh, and, and, and then we can go. I'm going to pay for the, pay for the meal to one washing up. So I disappear through the swing doors into the kitchen. How do you know when the manager has accepted my washing up as payment for the meal? It's when I reappear through the swing doors and I say, come on, get your coat, we're going, it's all sorted. And that's what it was like. A little bit like, anyway. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus. It proves Jesus rose from the grave and people met him. Many, many people met him alive. It proved, yes, it worked. What Jesus said was true and that God has accepted this payment for our sins to reconnect us with him. In fact, the Bible, rather than emphasize the fact that Jesus rose himself from the the dead, it actually emphasizes God raised him from the dead. It's like, yes, God raised Jesus, his son, from the dead and said, yes, this is my son. I've accepted his sacrifice for sin. He's alive and I want you to believe and trust in him. It has worked. The mission is a success. So we can be sure of all these things because Jesus rose back so life, the, the, the resurrection of the body, the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus, it's not a kind of a sort of fairy tale add-on to the story, you know, and they all lived happily ever after. It's actually an essential thing that happened that, that just brings it all together. The mission, it's mission accomplished in that final moment of Jesus rising from the dead and then ascending into heaven. The resurrection was essential in God's plan to save us. Well, the last thing I want to say is that resurrection needs a response. The resurrection needs a response. What's your response to the resurrection of Jesus? So there's two responses here in this Bible passage that we can see. Um, the first is that of the women. It's go and tell. Verse 9, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11, that's 11 disciples minus Judas, um, and to all the others. If you're a Christian and you believe these things that we've been talking about this morning, you believe that Jesus really did rise from the dead and, and brought these wonderful benefits to us. It, it's not just interesting information, is it? It's life-changing good news. It's far too good to keep to ourselves and uh, it's like Anna was saying early, earlier on, yeah, we, we've got to share it. People won't always want to listen first time. People won't always want to respond to invitations. But it's just something so wonderful. If you really believe it's so wonderful, are you at least thinking, I just pray that I might, I might find someone to share this with. I might just find the words, the opportunity to share this with someone. Maybe this Easter weekend, there might be an opportunity. Maybe... Someone will ask you, where have you been today? What were you doing at church? What was it all about? Maybe there's an opportunity there. Are you, are you praying for people who God is putting in your path, bringing you into contact with, that they might know the resurrection life 
of Jesus. Is there someone you can invite to come on a Sunday sometime or a special event that we have here? Maybe uh, it can start by you sharing something of what God has done for you. In in a way, people can't argue with that. If you say, well, actually, God has changed my life, and this is how, and this is the difference being a Christian makes to me. In in a few weeks' time, actually, next month, we've got this chap, uh, Glenn Scrivener, coming. Some of you know him. He's a great guy at sharing the good news of Jesus with people, but also helping us, equipping us to share our faith with others. And he'll be doing a little bit to help us in... um, a few Sundays' time. One of the things I remember he, telling, he was telling us was actually a really handy thing you can say to people is, you know, in conversation, oh, you know, that's what I love about my church. That's what I love about my church. Oh, there's just got so, so many good friends there who, who walk with me through thick and thin. That's what I love about being a Christian. It's another thing you can drop in. I love about being a Christian. It's, it's just great to, to, to know God with me. Um, and uh, have my prayers answered. That's what I love about Jesus. He really is a friend when everyone else lets me down. Will we be like the women and go and tell the good news to others? It's too good to keep it to ourselves. But another response is what, that of Peter. Go and investigate. That's what he did. The women went and told the disciples. And it's interesting But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. That was their initial reaction. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. That might surprise us to think that actually the the first reaction of the disciples... These people who actually ended up spreading the good news of Jesus and and beginning the early church and many of them dying for their faith, they thought it was nonsense to start with. They weren't expecting it. Now, of course, they did come to believe when they met the Lord Jesus personally and they were convinced uh, that he'd risen from the dead. But to begin with, Peter was like, this sounds like rubbish. But he didn't leave it there. He went to investigate He went to the tomb. He saw there was no body there. He saw the the cloths that Jesus had been wrapped in. The other Gospels speak again about the significance of that. And he came away thinking about it, wondering about it. And it seems that actually he wasn't fully convinced at the time, but uh, he was on the way, and later on he would meet Jesus and become fully convinced. Are you you someone with doubts? You've got an openness, but you've got doubts about the resurrection of Jesus. Maybe its implications to you seem like nonsense. This idea we can know God and we can sort of have peace with God and you know, we, we can live a life of purpose with God at the center. Well, in a way, that's, that's okay. That's okay if that's where you're at because you're in good company. That's where Peter was. But can I encourage you to, to do a Peter, as it were? Not leave it there, but just think about it investigate it. Think about it further. You owe it to yourself. I think like James was saying earlier, if this, is, if this really is a life-changing thing, if it might be a life-changing thing, you owe it to yourself to just think about it a little bit more. Look into it. Could change your life in an amazing way as well. Several ways you can go and investigate. We love helping people investigate the Christian faith at King's. One is to read a gospel account from the Bible. You could read Luke. That just, we read the last part of it 
or towards the end of it this morning. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. See if it rings true. See, see if Jesus doesn't kind of walk off the pages and, and you get an encounter with him almost as you, as you read it. Doesn't it jump out at you as being true? We've got some John's, little John's Gospels on the table by the door. You're really welcome to pick up one of those. Take it away. Read it when you've got a moment. We've also got some little booklets back there. They're called Why Easter? And it kind of summarizes, I guess, the heart of the Christian message, Easter, but also, um, yeah, just, you know, how you would actually become a Christian. Some other uh, things about the message that I've been talking about this morning. Do pick one of those up if you'd like to and take it away. You might want to pick one up and, so you can give it to someone or you can uh, help someone with that. And I guess the last thing is, if you are local, uh, do come back. Do come back on a Sunday. It's not just a special one for Easter today. Actually, every Sunday we have people. We, we, do, we do celebrate Jesus and knowing him every Sunday. We do hear teaching from the Bible. We do pray, etc. But there's always an opportunity to explore. And we always have people here with us on a Sunday morning who are exploring, who are thinking about it, who are not necessarily singing all the songs. They might just be sitting down and listening and watching. And you're really welcome to come and join them and be part of exploring the Christian faith on a Sunday with us here. So, so don't leave things at the nonsense stage. Go and investigate. Think about it. Now, it might be that you think, well, actually, I don't really need to investigate any further. Easter is a great Sunday to become a Christian, to say to God, actually, God, forgive me. Forgive me through Jesus for the wrong things I've done. Give me this new life of knowing you through Jesus, that Jesus died and rose again to bring. You can, you can say that to God in your own words. You can tell one of us if you'd like to and we can help you take those first steps. But I guess there's another response. If you're a Christian here this morning, there's another response. And We've already been doing a bit of it already. It's worship. It's worship. It's praise. It's amazement. It's giving glory to God for all that he's done for us in Jesus. Matthew's gospel adds the detail that while the women were on the way to the tomb, away from the tomb to tell the disciples, they met Jesus and it says they worshipped him. And that's such an important thing for us to keep in mind as Christians. We don't want to get so over familiar with these, the truths of Easter. It's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing that God has done in raising Jesus from the dead. It's an incredible thing he's done, giving us new life, raising us from the dead, as we've been thinking about from Ephesians recently. Giving us new life, bringing us alive spiritually that we can know God now and know him forever. Do, do take some time maybe today, if you get a moment, to just spend some time thinking about Easter, thinking about what Jesus has done for you. Spend some time praying, thanking, worshipping him. But we're going we're gonna to sing a little bit more this morning and worship him. The, um, Hannah and the team are going to come back and we're going to sing in a moment's but uh, let me pray before we do that. Father God, we, we do so thank you for Easter. It's, it's great to have lovely weather this weekend. It's great to be able to see family for those of us who can. It's great to enjoy nice food and uh, a time off work or whatever we like about this weekend. But we do thank you most of all for all that you've done for us in Jesus. We do pray, help us to have a, a deeper and deeper appreciation and thankfulness for all you've done for us in Jesus. 
Pray that, Lord, if we, if we want to understand it more, but we don't get it at the moment, Lord, I pray, Lord God, give us understanding. Open our minds. May things click into place for us that we might know what it is to really celebrate and be thankful for all you've done for us through Jesus at Easter. In his name we pray. Amen.